Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, here's a little bonus episode for you. Uh, we wanted to, well, we we put this up for a vote and you guys voted for this one as the one you were most interested in hearing, which is um, a bit of a shame because it's probably of the three live events we did my least favorite, but we're going to drop all of them. So I don't mind that we're dropping my least favorite first because it'll just build up to, to what I think is the best one. I think Scott would agree on what the best one was, but we'll get to that later. Um, uh, they're all pretty fucking embarrassing now, but um, <laughs> we had a good time when we were embarrassing ourselves in front of people. So I re I re listened to this one because this was the one, the one I remember the least about it, but this one was the one slash wonders, which I have to say, I think the biggest issue with this particular live event was that it was coming off the high of what was our best panel immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that's the problem in any kind of situation like this is when you're when you're running three of these in a day, the first one, if it kills, which it did, uh, then you have re- return people that come for later panels and they're expecting it to build every time. And honestly, if when you're having um, audience participation, there's no possible way to have it be as good every time. Um, especially without the surprise factor, because I think a lot of the first one, well, the reason it was so good was like the shock. <laughs> of, well, of that was the about. that was the second one. The first one oh. we did was the rankings, which the rankings went okay, and it was a little uh, rowdy. That one's yeah. fun to listen back on. I'm excited to drop that one later. But so this one, the concept was horror movies that there was only ever one movie made, but we felt like it was a good enough premise that it should have had a franchise. Um, and this is actually what's funny about this episode is a few things. Thing number one, Adam wasn't able to make it to any of these because his passport had not come in in time. But he wrote in for this one and he wrote in his proposal for a sequel to The Thing, um, which we won't spoil here. But I thought it was brilliant. And I believe the exact quote from you after I read it is that's the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I feel like I've mellowed over the last couple of years since we did this because that's almost three years at this point. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe if I had another go at it, I wouldn't say such things. But also when you're in front of a crowd and you're trying to be as obnoxious as possible you know maybe maybe i was just being a little harsh for the 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 effect 
So the other thing I remember about this is that at the time of this recording, we had known each other in person for less than 24 hours, which will be a fact <laughs> for every single one of these. Um, yeah. Which that was really cool and surreal. Like you drove from Ohio and we didn't we had known each other for at least two years at that point. Um, but we didn't know how like the first meeting was going to go or if it was going to be awkward or not. And it was pretty much just it was right to business, actually, because you were running late and we had to record some episodes with uh, with Adam on Skype. Did we do so three in a row that night? We did three in a row that night. Ooh, girl, that um, was fun. Uh, and. Two of those three are, even though it was during the Reddit Horror Club, they became retroactive classics, which was uh, Phantom of the Paradise and Puppet Master two, uh, three, 3 were recorded that night. Um, but yeah, you literally showed up. I gave you a hug. You walked into the basement and we started recording two episodes. <laughs> no, no, no. You're missing the part. The best part of that night where I walked into the basement uh, I walked down to the basement, obviously. Um, I One, I didn't get murdered. Then we started trying to record, and we couldn't record in the same room. So I We drew- did a whole episode in the same room, which is why it'll never be released as a retroactive episode. Is that Motel Hell? That was Motel Hell. There was a weird echo because I was That's sitting right. so close to you on a Skype call. Well, I mean, it's not my fault that you were sitting on my lap. Yeah, well, literally, he was sitting on my lap, caressing my chest hair, um, which made Motel Hell so much better. But that's another story for another day. But the best part about this is that I drove five and a half hours to record in separate rooms. <laughs> Matt went into his his uh, soundproof uh, murder room, aka the laundry room, and uh, we recorded. We banged out. Phantom of the Paradise and uh, um, Puppet Master Three. Puppet Master Three, and then we banged out each other. Um, <laughs> and then wait, wait, was that the same night that we watched Doctor? That I finally got to see Doctor Giggles for the first. No, time? it wasn't that night. It was the following night because when we recorded this episode, when we did this live event, Doctor Giggles was one of my picks, and you said you had never seen it. And the whole crowd seemed way too shocked at that information. Uh, and I, I literally say in the episode, when we go home, I'm going to show you Dr. Giggles. Which is uh, not actually a euphemism for his junk. So no. Buddy. Not, it, at that point, it wasn't. It might, it's yeah. a good nickname for it, though, because anytime someone sees it, they giggle. <laughs> so. Plus the whole pounding intensifies part. <laughs> well, that was the thing. We kept taking screenshots of scenes from the movie and just sending it to Adam out of context. We also ended up just having like a two-hour conversation with Adam via Skype. Like we just called him up and we were sitting in the basement staring at my laptop and we just like shot the shit, which uh, you know makes me excited for March because I feel like we're going to actually get the physical version of that when we get to hang out all three of us in one room. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of just random shoot the shit conversation that we get to have in like a hotel room. Do you realize how distracted we're going to be that entire weekend? It's going to be impossible to record anything. I mean, we're going to do live events, but I'm just saying like, holy shit, the three of us, the, like that's going to be energy that's like untouchable. And, and I so I, I posted this on the Facebook page at the time that we recorded this. I'm not going to drop this episode the same day, but fairly around there. Um, I can't speak for Scott and Adam uh, on how much they're willing to travel. But the only way that we can really come to a lot of the towns that you guys want to see us in 
is going to have to be if the convention is bringing us in as a guest. And what that means is when they're bringing us, where we're not paying for a booth, but where they're saying, we want you to be a guest at our con, we'll comp a hotel and get you a free table. Like that makes a huge difference because then we just have to worry about a plane ticket. You know what I mean? Um, so in if you want to see us at these cons, like I said, there's two things we need you to do. Thing number one is you need to convent, contact the convention and say that you want to see us because if we just say that people want us there, then it just sounds like a bunch of dudes trying to get a free room. But the more people who are messaging those conventions and saying, yes, we would love to see a presence of horror movie night there, the more they feel like paying for those tables and those hotel rooms is a good investment. Uh, secondly, contact me and let me know so I can send them a brief like press release of who we are at the same time. Um, but if you were to get us to some of your fantastic places where you live, you will get to hear episodes like this, uh, live live discussions like this. So here is the first of what will be three sporadic bonus episodes, the uh, One Slash Wonders live episode. <laughs> panels uh this one is one slash wonders we'll be talking about movies that uh we love as horror fans that never got a sequel and probably should have deserved a sequel or i would even go as far as a remake sometimes i think sometimes you can't follow where the story left off but you could try again and build it to be a franchise um or just you know sometimes you know i I still want to do a panel all of movies that i would want to remake but that's yeah for another day um our one co-host, Adam, who is normally always on the show with us, wasn't able to make it, but he did send me an email of what I consider to be uh, one of the most brilliant movie pitches I've ever heard. Do you want to start it off with that? Uh, if you want to start while I search for this one, I'll, I'll do it right after it. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I'll start with the low-hanging fruit because these are, um, these are two or three, uh, two movies that I think really um, will never have a sequel um, because they... <laughs> They'll never have a sequel because um, they, they're kind of stuck in production hell. Yeah. Like, because they both had sequels that were, like, on the books, and nothing, nothing, nothing is going to happen because it's, like, five years, seven years later. Yeah. Uh, Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer and Behind the Mask. Both Behind the Mask had, had a Kickstarter campaign, I know, yeah. that did not succeed. It was supposed to be a prequel, and... Nothing has happened, and they'll just post on Facebook like, "Oh, it's Nathan Beasel is uh, the guy that played Leslie Vernon." Yeah. And they'll be like, "You know, it's it's his birthday," yeah. or they'll do something about something on Halloween. But that's it. So it's dead in the water. Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer was um, fantastic. Was amazing with the, the the character construction or the creature construction, Robert England and everything, and um, that was supposed to have a sequel as well. And uh, it. it the guy that wrote the first one, I think he wrote and directed it. Yeah. He wrote and directed a sequel, or he wrote a sequel and was going to direct it, and had funding, 
and then nothing since 2011 or something. Yeah, it's so it's it's not happening. Okay, so Adam sent me an email about how to make the thing two. Because <laughs> we're gonna ignore the thing. Yeah, he we're gonna he goes for the purpose for the purposes of this we cannot count the thing prequel uh, as a secondary film. That's more of an origin story, and I always wanted to know where the thing story would have gone after the movie. So in the final moments of the thing, we see Childs and McReady sitting alone, the last two survivors, neither sure whether the other is in fact the thing, and McReady seemingly not caring anymore. They decide to sit, presumably to die, and the movie fades to black. Well, Childs is the thing. He's been changed. And there are plenty of in-depth theories online if you're interested, but this is pretty much the consensus. The idea that I put forth is this. Childs consumes McReady. With his will to live almost gone already, McReady begins to fade away from the exposure, and in his dying moments, Childs consumes him. They both become the thing and go into sort of a cryo status, and while they wait for human contact, eventually a crew is sent out to see what happened. They find the destroyed facility, the bodies of McReady and Child, and upon further inspection, they realize that Childs and McReady are still barely alive. They are rescued and taken back to civilization. After much lying about the events that occurred at the base, they are allowed to go back into the unknowing world. Now, the thing has learned a lesson in Antarctica. It is much more cautious about how it absorbs people now. The people of the world are not ready for it, and it knows that it must go about its mission carefully. It wants to offer the world its communion, but it no longer attempts to blindly absorb them. It forms a plot and a plan. We see the rise of the thing through McReady and Childs. We watch as it learns the ways of the world and of our political hierarchies. It begins to infiltrate key government organizations, rich industrialists, and multinational uh, corporations. And over time, it begins to control the economy of the entire world and all of its important people. Prolonged exposure to the world and human genetic structure causes the thing, to f- thing's form to change. Is forced to develop tactics to stay hidden and continue its reign over the human race. Our movie ends with a drifter getting off a train. He's looking for work, and through a series of bumbles and mistakes, he comes in contact with a very special pair of sunglasses, a pair that lets him see the things as they seem to be. It's Roddy Roddy Piper, and he can see that these things live. Oh, they live. That is the <laughs> dumbest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. Fuck that. <laughs> I love Adam, but that is... Some circular bullshit right there. I think it's genius. If I was watching that version of the thing, like they made it after they live, we'd be like, oh, this shit! Like, the whole movie could suck and he'd be like, oh, well, it's all better now. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Adam. Um, I know that the, 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 the one that I always thought, like, deserved more of a story, uh, or, or just basically a retelling because I've said this before, if I could remake any movie, popcorn. All that was gonna be on my yeah. list too. Popcorn all day, every day. Has anyone ever seen this movie, Popcorn? It was fucking low budget. It was a slasher movie, like right at the end of the slasher franchise. It was right before. It was right when everything went dead in the early nineties. Yeah, it was ninety one. Ninety one was when and it then came we out. Had to wait until Scream to reboot. It's a it's a movie about a group of college film students that are trying to save their film organization because there's only like six of them in the class and they're like look unless we have money to pay for equipment like we're gonna fucking die out so they're like let's do a let's do an all-night movie marathon and he's like all right so they refurbish this theater and they're gonna show basically like all william castle style movies and it's like we're gonna do all the gimmick movies so this one's gonna be in 3d and this one's gonna be in shaco vision and this one's gonna be in smellorama and like people are going to come out because they want to see the gimmick the way that you can only see it live. You can't experience it on television. And while doing this, they find this weird like old film that's just a guy staring at the camera, just like saying random phrases. And he's like, I heard about this guy, the psychopath, fucking 
you know, did this movie and people hated it, so he did a sequel where after it was over, the curtain raised up and his family was tied up in chairs and he burnt the theater down and killed everybody in the theater. He's like, well, whatever, he's a crack. We should show this movie at the festival. So throughout the rest of the movie, people are being killed off one by one through the gimmicks of the movie. <laughs> like someone's choked by like, the, they put like poison in the smelling salt and like- The person gets electrocuted. Someone gets electrocuted during the Shaco vision scene and it's like all this stuff's happening and people who die keep coming back. And you're like, how you the see, fuck You see back? them die and then you see them uh, walking around. You're like, uh, yeah, how'd that happen? So you eventually find out that like, the, the one of the guys in the class is the son of the guy who burned down the theater and he's horribly disfigured so he learns how to make masks of people's faces so when he kills them he makes a mask of them and then just like walks around unnoticed amongst everyone which and makes it, total sense that he'd be able to mimic their body proportions as well yeah it's cool uh, and <laughs> and then oh man we should talk about how face off doesn't make any sense because how the fuck did Nicolas Cage get so goddamn fat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, no, as, how did how did uh, Dr. Walter lose so much weight? Yeah, there we go. Um, so, and then you find out that uh, the main female character is also his sister, and she survived the fire. And it gets kind of crazy and ridiculous. But what I would love to do is remake that movie where you have like three three other directors working with you, and each one's job is to just do one of the movies that's being screened in that theater. But do it, like, covering decades. Like, they watch, like, an 80s slasher movie, and they watch, like, a 90s self-aware movie and, like, a 70s grindhouse movie. And just let them go fucking hog wild, because the movie's very funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, well, and, and in the original Popcorn, the movies that they watch, I mean, you watch, too, and you watch basically, like, 20 minutes. You watch, like, 20 to 15 to 20, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of each of movie. Each movie, yeah. It's and really, it's really, and that's the best part of the movie. And they're all in, like, black and white. And, yeah, it's it, very, it it's, it's Chilama, very chill around definitely ass. saw this movie and was, like... We should do that too, except it had a wraparound story. Yeah. Chillerama's great, but I mean, I had popcorn is definitely the spiritual successor. Father, yeah, father, yeah, father. Um, the other one that I would love to see more films with because I think it was an awesome. And you know what I'm about to say because I talk about it all the time on the show. But fucking Doctor Giggles, uh, I would love to. Know, yeah, Doctor Giggles was funny. It was like had had cool. Death I still scenes. haven't seen it. Oh, you've got to see Doctor. We're watching that tonight. Oh I God, I have to watch. I have to go with the doctor. The- <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so good. It's so funny. And like his little. It's got Doug E. Doug in it. Yes. <laughs> and Larry Drake is Dr. Giggles. Like, Larry Drake's the shit. He's the I know my face. That, that, I was going to say, he's the villain from Dark Man. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought he was in all. Uh, the he first one. No, he was Durant from Dark Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you said the third or something like that. I'm like, no, he's in all of them. <laughs> I want to see a prequel to Event Horizon. Okay. Because I, I want to see yeah. more of the Hell Dimension. Yeah. I know the people bitch about it. They're like, there's no Adam like, hates it. Adam, yeah, I, oh, I man. love that movie. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I just bit all for myself. Lawrence Fishburne and, and uh, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Yeah. When they go out of the space. Samuel, the Samuel time warp. Right yeah. Freaking Event Horizon in the Mouth of Madness. Warp Drive or something. Like yeah, that. I, yeah I, they like, I like uh, the Mouth of Madness well, a lot. I would love to see either a prequel or a sequel of that. Like, in the Mouth of Madness? In the Mouth of Madness, like, Samuel actually starting with people or something. I don't know. I feel like that movie is kind of a clusterfuck. I, I, <laughs> I, I, 
it has a lot of things going on, and I don't think it really has a pure direction I, for what I, it's trying to say. I will agree with you in the sense that I think that In the Mouth of Manus is way more about visual presentation Absolutely. than story they presentation. Wanted, they just wanted to show all the, the, the monstrosities. Awesome. They look great, yeah. but it's definitely... I mean, it has... Event Horizon is Hellraiser in outer space. That's yeah. like the best way to it's describe it. It's actually a much better Hellraiser bloodline. Yeah. So yeah. if you've seen yeah. Hellraiser bloodline... <laughs> I, love, I love bloodline. Bloodline is my second favorite. <laughs> Don't hate me. I, well, I don't. I, I like you too. I just I like, like I like corsets. Yeah. What? Fuck you. I hate that one. <laughs> Every time you're like, I love Bloodline, I always thought you were talking about the detective one. No, that one is no. fucking garbage. No. <laughs> you ever see Cut? No. Molly Ringwald. Ooh. Post, like, 16 Candles, all that stuff. Okay. Oh, I'll watch like that. It's like this slasher. I think it was like 90s, 2000s. Um, it's like this college thing, and they, they're making this movie. And the guy's like a killer or whatever, and the thing is, the killer actually lives on through the movies. Okay. So, I can be okay with it. It sounds on. like... And, no, like well, the ending is such a crazy mindfuck, because they actually released the movie. Yeah. And they show the killer with like a smirk, and it ends like that. He was just like... Oh, it was like the ring shit. before the ring? Or yeah. no, no, uh... Juwan. Okay. Uh, no, it's a movie that I watched that was actually... Wait, wait, wait. I haven't gotten to say okay, why okay, I want to do that. Sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. I keep... Yeah, sorry. Go. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up because I, I, I like yeah, it. Cut right. is like... And Molly Ringwald is actually good at it. She's not a bad actress. She's just bad. She's bad choices. Yeah, and a lot of bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> but Event Horizon would be great as a prequel because that it would be more like... They could talk... They could basically have them go through it. I mean, I think maybe it would ruin the whole point of the movie, though, because... Um, Wouldn't that just they, be Dead Space? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> twist my arm. Video game Dead Space. Right, and that would be awesome as a movie. <laughs> I don't even play video games, but I mean, I, I would. I've watched enough videos of how Dead Space play playback or uh, playthroughs are, yeah. and that, yeah, I, I would totally watch that. I just think that maybe it's because I felt like I, I was wanting so much more from the Hell Dimension. And I really was disappointed by Sam Neill afterwards. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Like I, uh, I was so into the Hell Dimension scenes in that movie that, like, I got to the point where I was like, fucking pausing it and doing like the step by step, so you can see you all the fucked up shit that happens oh, in that. Like, crazy. yeah, like, and it's just 15 seconds of just like, bum, 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 like it just shows yeah. you all these images. But it, you, it sticks in your back of your brain. You know what you just saw. You're just like, oh fuck. Well, it's like, um, did you ever do? There's a scene in, uh, in the Twilight Zone movie. Where they do the the airplane sequence with uh, John yeah. Lithgow. Yeah. There's a scene where his eyeballs explode. What? It's for half of a second. I've never you seen have that. you have to click through it. But it's when he lifts up the the blinder and the aliens like staring at him from the window. It does a zoom in on his face and his eyeballs explode for just like a split second. And you like you have to do the slow Dumb. thing. But the guy who did that segment did Mad Max, and that exact same thing is in Mad Max when a guy's about to hit, get hit by a truck, his eyeballs explode in Mad Max. That's a really weird thing to have. You yeah, like, like a little a trademark that you just keep fucking. Throwing. Hey, I'm the eyes that blow up. I'm guy. the eyes that blow up that you can't see when you yeah. watch the movie. It's just like hidden in there. I know you told me earlier, but uh, Killer Clowns. Yeah, they've apparently they've been working on a sequel that's going to be in 3D. Which I mean, if there's I, ever a movie that deserves some 3D, yeah, I'm going. I'm like, really Killer worried Clowns. that they would that this is way too little, too late. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. it'd be really hard to hit the cult status to even get close to how much cult status that. Movie oh, has. I, I think that I would be of the thought process. That I think the movie would be good, but I don't think that anyone's going to put money towards it because it's not going to make back its budget. I think that the, the fan base for Killer Clowns is too small now. I think, though, that with Stitches and Clown, 
that you could ride that wave in the next year or two. And the and the two things remakes that are coming out. Did you know they're doing that as a two-parter? I didn't know anything about this. Probably don't yeah. want to know anything. Yeah, about they're it. doing a like a theatric release of of it. Yeah. But oh, it. Uh, did I say the I thing? I'm some. I probably no, no. Thing. Yeah, it will be awesome. And doing it as two separate movies is exactly the way that they you should definitely do. have to. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, if they're doing it as book. two. I remember reading the book in like second or third grade, and it was really good. And that's why you're here right now. <laughs> I've still Wait, never sorry, read sorry. that book. Well, but but you were watching. But the book was a lot better than the movie. Well, okay, so the movie, the movie was a the movie was a TV miniseries. Yeah, it was a TV miniseries and that also I limited that. Yeah. Read yeah. Oh yeah. But the the book is very adult. It's also some of the more risque shit that Stephen King wrote because I read everything from his first book up until probably like Rose Matter and Insomnia because I was obsessed with him when I was in junior high and uh, beginning of high school and. Um, I read it and I was really, really, really disturbed by it because there's like kid orgy, uh, kid gay sex, uh, flying leeches. There's so many kid deaths in fucking terrible ways. Like it is a really dark book. I'm sure they won't put that into the movie, but they'll have to have something about the the ritual of Chud. I think if they're going to be doing, if they're going to be doing something where that he actually goes into. The, that alternate space where its true form is and then they have like some sort of mental duel they can do that with the budget now but I don't think that they're going to be able to have all the kids sex and people have been pushing things a lot farther I don't I mean okay yeah they're t- pushing stuff for adults but uh, every other day somebody's like think of the children think of the children we don't want to have kids sending nudes on Snapchat so we can't I, I, don't, I doubt we're going to have a, an it movie that's going to be truly uh, fair to the book, but I, so I mean, it would be I'm nice. But for, a cell movie. for wait, which one? Cell. Cell. Oh yeah, they've been trying to work on that for a I while. Don't, we don't need another zombie movie. Well, we got so many like, zombie movies. Was, I like the before the big zombie thing. No, but I'm saying like we don't right. need a yeah, they, movie based on cell, that book. Like, cell it, might need to sit. Cell yeah. has already been done. It's until, called like, Pontypool. Yeah, when uh, Pontypool. So, have you seen Pontypool? No. You should see Pontypool. That's it's your cell good, movie. It's a good like representation what? of what Pon- Ponty. Okay, because oh, Otis is fucking. Um, I would watch more Otis. Isn't that from like 1993 or something no. like that? No. Otis. Okay, I'll have to. Nice. Didn't Otis die? I can't Don't remember. tell me. I haven't I seen remember. it yet. I can't remember, honestly, but I remember having a blend. Well, my enjoyment of Otis was very different because I have a friend who looks exactly like Otis, and he's super creepy, so I thought it was a documentary that I was watching throughout the whole movie. But, um, There's not enough of this type of horror. Yeah, no, Pontypool you would really, really like. Pontypool was written to be a, a radio show. Mm. It wasn't even written to be a movie, and it's just about a guy in a radio station who keeps getting all these weird phone calls of people that are speaking incoherently and they're claiming that there's people in the streets eating each other's faces and what they find out is that there is a zombie virus that's spread through sound and when it affects your brain you start babbling nonsense and if people hear you babbling nonsense it affects your brain and you're trying so hard to figure out what they're trying to say that your brain just kind of rots and you become a mindless zombie as well which is a great film um, and if you don't like Pontypool, you can cleanse your mind with the signal, which is kind of a more literal interpretation where they people see this signal on TV and then they became they, they become kind of murderous. Like they're not zombies; they're just 
homicidal maniacs, right, Matt? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, cancellation. <laughs> um, anyway, what were you going to say? Um, there's this one movie, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It came out a couple of years ago. It has clowns in it that are, like, mutated. Clouds? Clowns, clowns, clowns. mutated clowns. Mutated clowns. Are you sure it wasn't Killer Clowns Wars? Because they're pretty mutated looking. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this one came out a couple of years ago. I think Tim Curry's in it. It's, like, some big main actors in it. Mm. I don't know. I don't really. Sound, or, or clowns don't really scare me, yeah. so I don't really watch. That was, was the out. whole story about the mutated clowns, or that was just like a part of it. That was a part of it. Like kids go to this abandoned amusement park to explore it. And it sounds Why like does that sound familiar? sounds like, like a clown house. Clown house, maybe, or uh, I mean, there's fun house. There's um, probably like clown it, house. Doesn't sound like a whole movie. It sounds like it was. Like a like a like sh- ghoulies, the, the one ghoulies. Ghoulies two is fantastic. The one that's at the carnival. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go- yeah. Have you ever seen ghoulies? Too? I still have not seen any of the ghoulies. I saw no, I saw the first ghoulies. Yeah, no, you don't. It's, go- no, it's I boring. Ghoulies and two shit. and three. Actually, ghoulies two is fantastic. Ghoulies two tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it last week. I'll fucking I watch it again. Um, <laughs> I think that we should have a sequel to Session Nine. Um, I could be okay with because that. I think oh. that if you if you write it where it's still not. S- not in- this is the freakiest thing I've ever seen. It's gone. Oh, that, that, that wolf face thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it just was staring at me through the glass like we locked eyes. <laughs> like, um, but but a Session 9 <laughs> sequel would be great because they, they could have somebody, some like looter gets the tapes yeah. and it, listening to the tapes basically makes you crazy yeah. and it's it could be like the cell or cell or or Pontypool, where it's like it, it it's a demon that basically just only lives through sound waves, or it can just be like something that makes you crazy through sound waves. Session can, nine is one of those movies, uh, and I, I say this a lot on like the pod, podcast because I think it's a very important thing. Session nine is a movie that it is all about the speaker setup for when you watch that yep. movie. Yeah, uh, it's not creepy. If you yeah, if you've watched session nine, you're like, oh, that wasn't that good. And you're like, well, I watched it on a laptop. That's why it's not good. Watch it with surround sound. You have to watch it with surround sound because while the movie plays out the same, when it's in surround sound, you just hear whispering going on all around you for the entire hour and a half and it's the most chilling, weird experience. Yeah. Because that was the second time I watched it. I watched it with... Nice headphones. headphones. Yeah, or if you're watching on the laptop, put headphones on. Put earbuds in there. That's not going to do shit. Yeah, it's got to be like the fucking Beats by Dre. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be... <laughs> we'll be expecting that. Uh, oh, what was it? Ginger Clown. Ginger Clown? I never yeah, heard of it, but I'll check that. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> garbage. <laughs> okay. I, Ginger Clown. I, I mean, I'll watch anything. I know you will. But I, I, I probably <laughs> my, time, my time is not valuable. Yeah. Uh, what about a sequel to Teeth, where she's like a hardened murderer? <laughs> well, it's supposed to be one slash wonders. Yeah. All right? And we're, I'm trying to get it back to like more one, okay. like serial killer movies. So one of, I'll tell you a serial killer movie, and you couldn't do a sequel because, I mean, not only do they, they kill the killer in this movie, they kill him in a glorious uh, way. But it's probably the one of the best slasher movies of the '80s, and it never got a sequel. Uh, it never got a sequel because of how they kill him. But uh, the Prowler. Oh, the Prowler's so good. They could do a Town of the Dreaded Sundown they kind do, of thing. Yeah, where it's okay because I still haven't seen the remake. But you said that the remake of Town of the Dreaded Sundown is fantastic. so good. It takes all the good shit from the original and just expounds upon the trombone death. There's a trombone death. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Was that a sequel to Maniac? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's by Elijah Woods in it. Yeah, the Elijah Wood remake. That's been, yeah, I know, I know. I was kidding. Dude, that that remake though. Yeah. Oof, that that is one of the best, best horror remakes ever. I, I think I would I would say that and the Fright Night remake. Yeah, like actually, right yeah, there. we watched Fright the original and Fright Night for the horror. Well, that's is that a remake? remake? I mean, that's more of an homage. Yeah. Than a remake. No, a straight remake. A straight yeah. remake of Fright Night. With the what is it? I was I, so we had to. We watch need a, the we need a good movie. sequel to the the remake of Fright Night. Mm, not I don't the, know if we do. <laughs> I honestly don't know if we do. But the the remake of Fright Night with Colin Farrell in it. Um, I watched it because we had to watch the original, original Fright Night Horror Club um, a couple weeks, uh, maybe a couple months ago now, and. God damn, is it good? Yeah. It, is, it is awesome. It's got McLovin in it. It's uh... the kid, <laughs> the kid from Charlie Bartlett, whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah. The Star Trek movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's such a good remake, and it's it's one of the few things that like it did something so different with the original movie. It updated it. Very it well. updated it super well, and it added like I said, the whole who hasn't seen the remake of Fright Night? Is there anyone? Okay, so. The, the remake of Fright Night proposes this idea that is so brilliant that I can't believe it took us this long to figure it out with There have been other movies, movies that have tried this idea, and it just, yeah. it's so simple. They put the vampires in Las Vegas, and their whole reason is, like, it is the one city in America where it's perfectly normal to sleep all day and be out all night, and people disappear all the time, and no one questions it. It's and it's like, why did it take us 50-something years to realize that that is, like, the best spot for a vampire to hide out in? I don't know. <laughs> like, they could be the dealers at the casino. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, they yeah. Or they could be the dancers at the casino. That's really where they probably get most of their people. Probably, yeah. Because that's where the sleazy people go that you don't really notice when they're gone. Could we get an, a, a modern sequel to the Monster Squad with all the original cast? Okay, okay. Here's, they're all here's, adults. They're all my age now. Here's, here's and the, they have kids, probably. Oh! Oh, that was fucking awesome. Did I ever tell you my idea for the only way that I would accept someone remaking Monster Squad? Because there's one way that you can do it that I would be 110% on board. You get the guy who did Paranorman and you have him do it as a claymation movie. No, no. <laughs> no, I want it as an actual live action. I w- Paranorman was genius. Paranorman's one of the best animated films that's ever been made. I would have to agree. It's just so good. It's, it's, it's up there with The Incredibles. Yeah. But... No, I think that you need to have it be live action. And if you have it as the kids of the original Monster Squad, and the parents are like, fuck all this over again. You know, like, and, but then you wouldn't have the original, like, 50s monsters. You'd have 80s monsters. Like Jason and Michael Myers. Yes, I, who would that be? <laughs> okay, you sold me. I will watch, I will watch the Monster Squad the amount to the electric book of the What about another, what about, I know they remade the blob in the 80s. Dude, Dude, that move, that remake is That's fantastic, yeah. and it's so gory and disgusting. Well, and, and, and Rob Zombie keeps talking like about remake. before she did Saul. She looks exactly the same. Wait, who? I, I very. The girl in the Saul movies. I don't know. I very rarely paid attention to those movies. Yeah, I don't really. Like I, Saul. I clocked. I, I do not do torture. For I, I did well. the first two, and I was done with it. No. Oh, I was agreeing with you throughout most of this panel, but yeah, that is where the disagreement enemies. Now, now the Saul movies, I just, I kind of, I, I didn't we, like the first one, so I didn't really like the, the other nine of them. <laughs> hey, what about a little shop sequel? 
Uh, could, Still could, they end, could they end with the original ending this time? But then they could have a gritty, like, this is the world is now controlled by the Audrey 2s. By the Audrey 2s. And then they've got this group of hardened people that have lived yeah. through the, the, the takeover. And then they have to sing their way to destroying all the Audrey 2s. <laughs> they're led by Bill Murray and Steve. No, no, they're all dead. No, they, Everybody they, in the no, original no. dies. You, you think Bill Murray survived through the Audrey 2 invasion? Uh, he, he probably would have enjoyed being eaten. <laughs> he was a masochist, but zombie yeah. Oh, that's true. He did. He survived the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, but he. Yeah. He sort of. He sort of survived. He he mostly survived. Oh, he killed Bill Murray. <laughs> has anyone actually seen it? Like, I think most people know about this, but just in case, does anyone know about the original ending of of Little Shop of Horrors? Oh uh, yeah, you might want to explain it's it. On Netflix. Yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. It. It. Okay, so. The, if you've ever seen the stage show, this is how the stage show ends. And on the newest DVD Blu-ray release, you can now watch this ending, and it's gl- it's gorgeous. It's it's incredible. Oh, I haven't seen the oh, redone. Yeah, I've seen yeah, it they re- together. No, they YouTube. redid it. They digitally updated everything. So, Audrey. So, if you remember in Little Shop of Horrors, there's a scene where Rick Moranis runs in, and Audrey is in the plant's mouth, and he pulls her out. And they go up on the rooftop, and he confesses everything. And she's like, well, just kill the plant, and we'll run away. And then, like, Jim Belushi pops up, and he's like, hey, you know, you could take some clippings from this and make millions of dollars, and there could be an Audrey 2 in everyone's house. And he's like, no, we can't, we can't do that. And that's when Rick Moranis goes in and kills the plant. In the original movie... And the play. And in the play, Audrey dies. Like, she, the bite wounds are too deep, she bleeds out, and she's like, look, you deserve to be happy. Feed me to the plant, and, and you know become super rich and he's like okay and he puts the pl- he puts her in the plant's mouth and then he's like so distraught that he fights Audrey too like in the movie like they still do the mean green mother from outer space but when Audrey too pulls all the fucking pillars out and the place crumbles down on Rick Moranis he pulls Rick Moranis out and swallows him and it's just like oh shit like he's dead like that's the end but Audrey's and, still alive and then the credits fade out and then it just fades back in, and it's like this commercial for like buying Audrey two plants, and they're like, oh, and everyone's all excited, and everyone has them in their house. And then like the music starts to get more and more intense, and then it's hundreds of Audrey two plants climbing on houses, eating people in the houses, tearing the place apart. And there's a song called "Don't Feed the Plants," and it's just this like it was this billion, like it was millions of dollars that it invested into doing this giant thing of all these giant plants, and then they showed the test audience, and they're like, now nah, we don't like it. Yeah, so they had to like quickly paste together like a happy ending. We're like, and he blew up, and uh, Rick Moranis and Audrey got married, <laughs> so everything's cool now, I guess. And and you've said this before when we talked about Little Shop that the somewhere that's green reprise is yeah. in that right? Yeah, which is the saddest thing ever. Because yeah, she's saying, I want to be somewhere that's green, like inside of a plant. Inside so. of a plant, yeah. Like when you watch that whole movie and you know that ending. The songs downtown and somewhere that that's green are the saddest things in the world. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, I think that that's I like I like a good tragic ending to a movie. You and, certainly do. Yes, I do. Uh, how about some more alligator movies? Uh, we already <laughs> had alligator two, and I don't think we need. To try. Yeah, no, alligator two. The mutation was pretty garbage, but uh, I would take another alligator movie that was done well. I don't think that I don't think that killer. Uh, uh, they did primeval. Um, Back uh, Lake like Placid, two thousand. Yeah, Lake Placid was in the nineties, and then <laughs> and they have four and... fucking Lake Placid movies. <laughs> like, See, I, I just don't think now. There's a movie that doesn't need sequels. That's the thing. I think that all the the giant monster or giant uh, 
angry animal movies like Sharknado and all that bullshit. What you didn't? Yeah, you, spider too. Yeah, like, what you didn't? You didn't think that Jaws: The Revenge was just as good as Jaws? <laughs> I just think that people wouldn't take an alligator movie seriously at all, and you have to have a little bit. Yeah, it's like a bunch of sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't. Did I ever tell you about the movie that I wanted to write for sci-fi? No. Shockodile versus the Terrorodactyl. <laughs> you know they buy that. No. I, I, I even had one line of dialogue. I hadn't written anything else, but the one line of dialogue was from the scientist who accidentally created the Shockodile. Shockodile. <laughs> which was, all I wanted to do was create a crocodile that could power the entire New York City. How could I know it would go so terribly wrong? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's giving too much away. Because <laughs> the idea is like, what's more terrifying than a, than a crocodile? A crocodile that can electrocute you too. <laughs> like, it's a double whammy. In the water. <laughs> I know it's not technically a horror movie, but uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, they're doing a, a sequel. Uh, Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> and they're do well now. They're doing a sequel for real, which I'm kind of excited for because I love Beetlejuice. But it can't be good. <laughs> the only reason I'm interested is that everyone's coming back except for, you know, obviously Jeffrey Jones because he's uh, pretty much his career is done for forever. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Dietz is uh, not doing too well. <laughs> can't well, really I work from prison. Otho ain't coming back. Yeah, he's dead. That's so sad. Yeah. Uh, Otho was the shit in that movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, from what I've read about what Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii would be, which sounds like such a joke, like, that can't be real. But the, it sounded like a, not a terrible idea. Like, it was like the Dietzes go on a Hawaiian trip, and uh, they accidentally unleash this, like, evil, and they're like, shit, the only ghost that can actually go up against this fucking thing is Beetlejuice. Well, I just want to see a Tim Burton version of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, Tim Burton. That's a all very good voice. Just gothic Honolulu. No, no. Take the the allotment that shows up in uh, Edward Scissorhand and oh, yeah. put palm trees in it, and that's exactly. What about like any sequels to foreign films, like High Tension? See, I, I was thinking about high tension. I don't think that high tension would work because it's that twist. And ah, you know, I I really liked that movie when what, I first what saw. About it. Inside. I, uh, inside, I don't know. I don't ever want to experience another a sequel to Inside. Fucked up movies you you've like never even seen. The Inside was already one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. I'm saying the ending, where her yeah. face burned off, oh, and she's oh. raising the kid. Oh fuck. Well, they actually there's a movie that is. Um, Austria, an Austrian film called Goodnight Mommy, I think, and it's it's new. It's it just is on the 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 European festival circuit right now. There's no way to get to it, which sucks. But it's these two young boys, and their mom comes back from some sort of facial reconstruction surgery, and they're not sure that she's really her, that she's really their mom. And and um, I feel like. That might delve into what you would kind yeah. of feel from an inside or an inside sequel, but I hate Fr the French Extreme. I, I, I hate the new French Extreme. I don't think that we need movies that are ultra realistic. Matt and I discuss this 
all we, the time on the podcast. I, I will say that the thing that most people hate about us on the podcast is we like our horror with a nice little dose of lighthearted uh, good times. I, I, and, I don't want to see shit that you would see in the news. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw and I and I think that I don't think that it's a bad movie. I think it's a very well made movie and it it gets the point across that it right. wants to get and it makes you feel the way it wants you to make you feel. Same thing. But at the end for, for the movie with the fifteen minute rape scene. Like yeah. Like no, but it, you don't but need you that. Don't, in your but life. you don't want to like revisit it. You don't right. really I mean, want somebody to... that wants to watch Inside on a regular basis is not somebody that I would be like. I agree with you on like an Inside remake, <laughs> like, Inside sequel. Because you know? I like, feel like there's a, like well because I know you like you can't deal with movies that have like graphic extended rape scenes and there's been well, a ton of them that a normal fucking in person there. shouldn't yeah, have that. Like, <laughs> no 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 not in no, we're talking but, about uh, like like the last house on the left remake the last house on the left, oh. left and, and, and uh, <laughs> I, I spit in your grave did you yeah. see the remake oh my god wait which one. No, 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 him. Oh, <laughs> what are you I like so much violence in a movie that I shed a tear. I always wanted there to be a movie that, like, technically it's drama and it's like horrible things happening, but there's a horror element in it. Should he see Taxidermy? Yes, you should. <laughs> Actually, Taxidermy would be right up your alley. It's really, really absurd, though. Um, Taxidermy it's, was it's a... It, so what's so the, we... What's, what's, the, what's the... The flaming dick? No, 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 no. What, what's the fucking country that made it? Oh shit, I'll look that up. I'll just look that up. Wait, wait, wait. I'm ready to marry Yeah, no, or see or see American Mary. American Mary is a fantastic movie. I don't think you should do a sequel, but I like American Mary. I thought you could do a sequel to American Mary. That's the problem, is you can't really do a sequel unless you have it that the club is still around and you need then they still need somebody to do all the fucking uh body mod. But what would you um I, I thought American Mary was boring. Really? I, I, well, it's, that's the thing is, it's not, if you go into it for a slasher, it's not. The Soska sisters wanted to do something that was very female-centric. And, and because they had done, uh, they had, they... Hooker, they dead talked, hooker in a trunk. Yeah, dead hooker in a trunk, which is kind of like satirical. I haven't Hungry. watched... It was from Hungary. Hungary, yeah. that's right. Okay, we'll get back to text yeah. in a second. But um, American Mary is more kind of like... It's 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 them discussing the implications of what they've had to do and all the shit they've had to shovel in Hollywood to get a movie made. And so if you watch it from like that very feminist perspective, you get a much different viewing of it. And you it, it, and it's it's just awful shit. But everybody fucking deserves it. So it actually is. It does follow the slasher. Right. It's like watching a slasher movie from the slasher's point of view and empathizing with the slasher because at the end they fucking die. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not yeah. by a hero, but by somebody else. Well, they fucking die. And we've um. You and I also have like our own little personal things with that movie too that we discussed earlier today about like knowing people who do suspensions and do like that weird shit and it's just like like I can't get into like I have a handful. That's of why that movie makes you. Yeah, that's when that movie that yeah that movie really fucks with me because I've had friends that are like all about fucking putting giant hooks in their back and like. The last time I saw one of my best friends was five years ago because the moment when I was like, I, I can't be friends with you anymore. And it wasn't like I me, mean, like, it was just like, we have nothing in common anymore. Right. Was that he came to a, a Halloween party. And as you know, if you grow up in this area, it's give or take. Sometimes our Octobers are like kind of cold and other times it feels like summer. Right. This was a particular Halloween where it felt like summer. And he's walking around with jean pants on and I'm like, what are you doing, man? It's like 70 out there. He goes, oh, uh... I did a suspension for my kneecaps and they ripped open and tore straight out. I'm like, what is wrong? I'm like, what the fuck? 
is wrong with you? Like, why are you still doing this to yourself? And he's still, like, that was five years ago. He still, he texted me today. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in town doing suspensions if you want to come check it out. And I was like, a hard no. No, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, yeah, seriously. Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, so Taxidermia. <laughs> okay, so Taxidermia is this movie that, w- that took the entire fucking budget, the, all the film budget for Hungary for 2013? Uh, it, it was, it cost them uh, 2.2 million dollars to make Hungary basically finances for one movie a year yeah that's all they that's all they have output for is one movie it was the only movie that Hungary had in 2013 I think it was yeah and it is so strange it follows this family of um, championship competitive eaters yeah Um, and and then, like, the son of the, the, the grand-grandson or whatever from the first person in the movie, because uh, it follows each, um, it follows, like... Three different starts, generations. Yeah, it's, it starts in the 40s, and there's one in the 80s, and then there's the... One current. in modern day. Um, and it's all, it's all in the Soviet Union, and, and uh, the, the, the kid now is fucking skinny. And so his dad's like, you're a fucking disgrace, blah, blah, but, <laughs> but he likes to do taxidermy, and it's... It is very strange. I don't actually know what the point of the fucking no. movie is. The best, the best part about this, so our, our buddy Adam... It's who, drama plus uh, uh, horror. For, for the first, like, two years of... For the, for the first year of Horror Club, I was doing the show, uh, and my co-host was my friend Miguel from San Diego. And then Miguel couldn't do... Com- like, he couldn't commit to it anymore, and Scott was like, I'll, I'll take over. So. No, he offered it to me. I was, I was yeah. chomping at the bit to do it, but I was, wasn't going to ask. So Scott stepped up, and he started co-hosting, and we co-hosted together for two years. Taxidermy is the reason why we have our third co-host, yeah. Adam. Um, and it's all because of one moment, which was that <laughs> he, he made he, – he picked the movie. Every, every person on the club gets to pick a movie. As long as they participate in discussion, we're like, you get to pick this week's movie. So he's like, I want us to watch Taxidermy. And we always open the door and say, like, hey, if you picked a movie, you can come on the show and, and explain to us why you picked the movie. And uh, so we watched this fucking movie. And it's got, like – like simulated tons of vomiting, ton, tons real of vomit, vomiting, real vomit, real, real sex. The guy real sticks a fucking like firecracker in his dick and lights it. Like, yeah, it's like it's, the most crazy shit I've ever seen in a movie. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, so we finally it's, get to record. Horror, it's gruesome in a non slasher way. And it's in yeah. So we get to record this episode. Can, the, our buddy from Canada, Adam, clicks in, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> like and you can hear it in the beginning of the episode. Like I'm a defeated man as we're starting this episode. And I'm like, all right, guys, welcome to an episode of the Red Horror Club. Uh, today's movie is Taxidermia, as picked by Adam. Adam, why do you like Taxidermia? And he goes, like, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. hey, I never said I like this movie. <laughs> he goes, I just wanted to make you fuckers watch it. <laughs> and we're like, this is the new co-host. This guy is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, it is a shame that he's not here because yeah, he, he's he's quite the character. He's, he, uh, we, this man has written him a theme song because um, he always takes notes <laughs> while watching the movie and then will just read his notes to us. And the notes make no sense if you haven't seen the movie because it's literally just like, it's what was going stream through. Of consciousness. Yeah, it's like a stream of consciousness of like, this is what was going through my head when I watched this. And my favorite thing is every single one of his notes at some point, he just directly quotes the movie and then goes, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 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 it's like, um, 
He the bet the, the the highlight of him doing notes is a movie that we could probably discuss. It doesn't deserve a sequel, but I'd watch one. How Sue? Oh my god! You mean the yes. sequel to Jaws? Yes. It was a sequel to Jaws, by the way. <laughs> death, death by piano. Yes. No, no, no. Headless, bo- uh, disembodied head biting your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking um, kung fu kicking. You so cool everything. kung fu. <laughs> Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein. I've watched that and it's fantastic. I'll watch it. Oh, it's yeah, fucking it's good. Police, the same guys who made that. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, that movie is unwatchable too, by the way. It's just—it's not a movie. It's just—it's like a music video that's two hours long. So the, oh, yeah. so the other the, the other moment, I think this was the moment when I decided that Adam was the most brilliant person that I had ever encountered. Was <laughs> thanks, Dick. Yep. Instead of uh, instead of doing notes like he normally would, he wrote a short story because. He went and saw Halsu in the theater, so he was like, he, he I, saw, "No, it was it was a it was a, a of like art a house, like an art house screening of Halsu." Yeah, and it just happened to be screening like two weeks before we were supposed to discuss it. And he's like, "I'm going to see this bad boy in the big screen. I've never seen this before," and I I memorized the first two sentences it's of so his good. short story. His short story starts off with. The evening began watching VH1's countdown of the greatest songs of the 90s. As En Vogue was telling me about their love and how I was never going to get it, I prepared myself to go see Halsu. <laughs> An online review said in big letters, don't watch this movie stoned. I told my best I was going, friend. I was going to see this movie with my best friend, and being the good friend that I am, I told him to get good and ripped. <laughs> he shows up, and his pupils look like two piss holes in the snow. <laughs> I realize I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I've listened to it enough times to quote it too. It's so that fucking En Vogue line. I missed the first time when he said it, and no, when I was re-listening and editing it, I'm like, that's the best opening to a story ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you haven't seen, if you like some crazy shit, this isn't like violent and super realistic gore. But if you like. If you like something it's that makes you go, oh, well, he's just, he's just crazy, you can yeah. watch House Sue. Yeah. Uh, 1977. With, House. Yeah. It's House. House, 19, Sue. House Sue. It's or, a Criterion film. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking <laughs> Criterion <laughs> film. Um, Why? Yeah, but as Scott pointed out, when we were doing research to do that episode, we found out that it was uh, intended to be the Japanese version of Jaws. They were like, we wanted to do something as intense as Jaws, and they made Haosu, about a bunch of Asian schoolgirls in a haunted house that causes oh a God, piano to eat people. But the best part about it, I think, might be the fact that, well, it's a, it's a tie between the one girl's butt, she's got a really nice butt, but the, and she doesn't get naked. Everybody else gets naked except for her and the girl who is supposedly the fat one. Yeah. And she's not fat. She's super skinny. She's like Tum Tum in yeah, Three yeah, Ninjas. I to that too, but yeah. Um, Some of the death scenes are just like, they're not even like, it looks like they're taking place like, it's so weird. It's like rainbow colors and all this crazy shit. <laughs> it's amazing. So he gets pulled into a clock. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like, no, yeah. it's literally a movie that makes you go only in Japan, or no, only in it. I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie, I'm like, is this like the Japanese version of, like, Marilyn Manson's Dope video? Yeah, no, that's what it is, that is the best way to describe that, because that video fucked me up as a kid. Yeah, it's, that was, it's, it's like, do you remember that video? Like, uh, it was a video that was all, it was like, just him doing the boat ride scene from Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so fucked up that MTV had to put on After Midnight. Yeah, it was one of their After Midnight videos. 
Because there was like scenes of them like cracking open an egg and a human eyeball falls out of it. And it's like, what is this? Well, was hanging in nooses in the background. Oh, so good. Oh, it's so, so fucking weird. good. That was when I liked Marilyn Manson. Yeah. So that was what yesterday? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've seen my music like me like ooh. Well, that was pretty good. No. When I went to pull up my uh, iTunes, so this is literally the first time Scott and I have ever met each other in person. Was yesterday this weekend. And I was like, oh, let me play you a song. And like, I opened my iTunes, and the first thing that says was, uh... Stop looking at it. Just answer. Sorry. We have oh. ten minutes. Just finish. Sorry. He, uh... <laughs> He opens his uh, my laptop, and the first thing he sees is that I have Papa Roach. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I, I feel like I would really have a lot of fun making fun of your iTunes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, he, he Matt always posts, like, every day he'll, he'll post on Facebook. A um, 90s song, 90s song of, the of the day. And and sometimes they're wonderful, and most of the time they're fucking garbage, because 90s really was. It was a hit or miss decade. Oh, it's real bad. It was a lot of bad. <laughs> It was a lot of misses. A lot of misses, especially after 96. Well, most of the misses that he puts up are from 1991 and 1994. <laughs> uh, he'll put up, like, uh, just off. And love, and you're loving. Oh, you're never going to get Kathy Dennis song? No. Today was 311 all mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that right before we left out. I went out the door. I'm like, that's actually pretty solid. <laughs> you should have put uh, you should you should put a uh, hive on if you're gonna do a 311 song because man, hive was a great song. I could probably sing. I rap three. I hate rap, but I could rap the 311 self-titled from start to finish, probably without help from the, the CD. It, 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 that just shows you what I was doing in 1996. Like just listening to Smashing Trums. Pumpkins. <laughs> no, I was fucking 12. Um, uh, but it's a yeah. Pot. <laughs> The first time I ever saw pot was uh, I went to a party. I, I didn't drink in high school or anything yeah. like that, and um, so I went to a went to a, a friend's party, and everybody was getting drunk, and I was like just hanging out like a fucking weirdo, because um, I was like, oh, DD, but I'll also talk to these girls that I think are cute. Like a total creep move on my part. Um, not knowing that I was being creepy. But then this one guy, this fucking football player, comes out. He pulls out a bag. He, like, flips it out. Just like you'd never believe that this was real life. And he goes, who wants to smoke some weed? <laughs> it looked like, look at Grassman. I'm like, this is not real life. And that story just went over his head. So. Sorry, I listened to it. But, uh, so my, my fucked up real quick, because we're about done. And we yeah, completely detracted from the original conversation. But that's all right. Um, my fucked up thing that I used to do in college at parties, because like I said, college was right when I started to get into trauma, was uh, since I didn't drink, I needed to bring something for my own entertainment. Yeah. So I would bring a trauma movie, and I would have this fun game where I'd put the movie on without saying anything, and just sit on the couch and watch as people like slowly were like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. And, uh, and the best one to do that with, because it's so fucking weird, is goddamn blood-sucking freaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because that movie is 90% like 70s nudity. Oh, it's so much exploitation it's, in that so, movie. So it's just like, I mean, there's literally a scene, and there's like, okay, so fun story. So the people who like torture porn, um, watch Bloodsucking Freaks. You should see Bloodsucking Freaks. The commentary track for Bloodsucking Freaks is done by Eli Roth. And he talks about how Bloodsucking Freaks is what inspired him to write Hostile. Was that he was like, I wanted to make, I wanted to make a new version of Bloodsucking Freaks. There's a scene in Bless. It's about a man and his midget, and how they and how they kidnap they kidnap white women and sell them into slavery. Uh, but he also trains them to be cannibals, and he'll also kill them on stage because he does like a live murder show, and everyone thinks that it's like really good actresses. It's and, like the Wizard of Gore. Yeah, it's like the Wizard of Gore. Um, 
And there's just all these weird scenes where they're like, you know, like they're sitting having drinks and like a girl's just like naked laying there as a table and they've got like their glasses sitting. Like it's super like ex- exploitation. There's a scene where they're playing darts and every time they throw a dart, you just hear like, ah. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then at the very end, the camera pans around and it's just a girl bent over with like a dart, like a bullseye dart painted on her butt cheeks and just all these darts. Like it's fucking weird. But it's delightful to watch people drunkenly realizing that it's on their television, where they're just like, "What is like?" And they're, and I'm saying nothing. They're like, "Who put this on?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> you're holding like an empty case, and you're like, "Oh no, it's me!" <laughs> oh shit, son! What All right. What about the Wizard of Gorsi? Uh, we we did the one with Christian. Uh, doesn't matter. I would argue that uh, I would that argue that the uh, the Uh Oh game was kind of like a Wizard of Gore sequel. The Uh Oh game. It was one of his most recent movies. The guy who did uh, Blood Feast and um, and Wizard of Gore and all this stuff. He did a movie like five years ago called The Uh Oh Game. And it was like a vi- it was like a game show where they would kill you on the game show if you lost. And everyone thought that it was like a like fake. And then they find like. A group of investigators find like all the dead bodies in the back of the studio. I might actually watch that. It's, is this with the same crappy like um, effects that he had from like the exploitation movies of the seventies? It's the same crappy effects that he ha- that like uh, I'm trying to think. It's it, it kind of looks like the best way to describe it is think of the the few gore scenes in uh, UHF. <laughs> 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 And that's like the on par with what the gore looks like in this movie. Because uh, I remember the Wizard of Gore where they had the girl go go back to the restaurant and all that, and all of a sudden you go to the next scene and you see the floor of the restaurant completely surrounded in saran wrap as she had <laughs> to have the gore and all that. Yeah, I just I can't remember. I oh, the Wizard of Gore is one of the only ones I only saw once because I, I think it's okay. I the but original I, and I watched the the remake. Yeah, once. I, they both were like. Mm-hmm. I think because I think Blood Feast and, and uh, Two Thousand Maniacs are way better and Warner. Tanning films from him, but Wizard of Gore is fine. It's just a little too much dialogue. Yeah, he he talks real long during those death scenes. Oh, Ray Sager. Yeah, he, oh, he's, no one told him cut. Well, you know, he wasn't the original guy, right? No, who was the original guy? Um, the original guy was supposed like, like basically Ray Sager became the guy because he fit in the suit. <laughs> but the guy who was cast as Montag, uh, he didn't show up. So wow, Herschel, that's Herschel, awesome. Herschel, yeah, Herschel Gordon Lewis is like, well, Ray Sager fits the suit. Want to be Montag? Okay. And because of that, I just, now every time I watch, like, uh, There Will Be Blood, Daniel Day-Lewis's, like, acting just reminds me of Ray Seager and Montag. <laughs> I mean, it's just so overreact, just overacting bad. I mean, Ray Seager never took acting classes in life. Well, it was the Wizard of Gore in yeah. the 70s. They, they, yeah, I don't think really, to... I thought there was a high demand. Yeah, pretty much they were like, oh, we want to show some gore and some boobs. Yep, yeah, all right, job done. Yeah. Who's the star of this? I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Um, all right, so I think it's about time to wrap it up. I, I'm sick of talking. For <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard him say that. Yeah, four panels. I'm I'm done. Um, Thank you guys for coming, especially the guys who've been here for three or four of these panels. You guys are troopers, and I don't know why you like us. <laughs>